that's what Ogele is all about. So Ogele gives opportunity to every African, no matter where you are, no matter the language you speak, to create your video, share it on Ogele, at least within your community of people who talk your language. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Chijeke Owaibute, and I'd like to welcome you to the Experience Pod, where we focus on emerging technologies, trends, and their impact on the business landscape in Nigeria and across Africa. And today we will be talking about the future of African streaming. But a little bit of background, you know, looking at the African streaming industry. According to the 2019 African Media Report, when Africa is mentioned on television, it is only done so in a positive light 14% of the time. Researchers of the report found that global narratives centered on Africans are commonly focused on trauma, crime, and poverty. The researchers also analyzed over 1.6 million U.S. tweets related to the African continent and found that most tweets in the sample closely aligned with the negative sentiments prevalent in news and media coverage of Africa. This indicates that even with the rise of globalization and user-generated content sharing, there is still a long way to go to ensure that Africa is portrayed in the media in a way that is reflective of reality. Now, to deliver more colorful and honest narratives from everyday Africans to the world, Mr. Osita Oparaogo launched Ogele in 2018 with the aim of being the highest aggregator of African-only user-generated content. Ogele is a platform founded on community, trust, and transformation. To add insights to this conversation, we are joined by filmmaker, business consultant, and Ogele's founder, and my brother from Imo States, Barista Oparogo. Welcome, Osita, and we're happy to have you. Thank you very much, Chijoke. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Good. Now, let's just kind of dive into the matter. You know, you, you called your platform Ogele, you know, and that's an interesting name. You know, can you tell us what it means and what was the inspiration for the name? O Ogele is an Igbo word and Ogele is uh, an instrument, a musical instrument or an instrument that is used to disseminate information. In the, back in the days, town criers use it. But the, the funny thing here is Ogele is African. In, in Swahili, in uh, Tanzania, you, Kenya, all the countries in the East, right, that speak Swahili, right? Ogele is called Gengele. They have it as well. It's, and it's doing the same thing that it, it does in West Africa. In South Africa, they have a different instrument that's called Vuvuzela. The Vuvuzela that was very popular during the World Cup, right? But before the World Cup, Vuvuzela is used also as a means of uh, uh, um, information dissemination. So Ogele, for us, is lesson. This platform represents a means of spreading good news about Africa. You know, you're a barrister, and yet you're also a filmmaker. So I'd like to kind of understand, you know, this journey. Can you walk us through your path, you know, from studying law, attending Harvard Business School to becoming Ogele's founder? What has driven you to where you are today? 
Um, Chijoke, uh, thank you very much and thank you to uh, our listeners. Yes, I am a lawyer. Um, I went to the University of Buckingham in the United Kingdom when we Harvard. But to be very honest, I am a lawyer for my dad and I am a filmmaker and the founder of Ogele for myself. When I was 17 years old, I told my dad I wanted to be a filmmaker. And he didn't understand that. He said, what is film? I said, but dad, you watch film every day. And he goes, no, I don't know what film is. I said, but dad, you watch Zebudaya. He said, no, I don't know what that is. That was, Zebudaya is a soap opera anyway that was very, very intriguing and at that, those times, right? And then I'm like, come on, dad. He said, okay, enough of this conversation. So the next morning he woke me up, 6 a.m., called my mom. And he said, if you are old enough to tell me what you want to do or who you want to become, then you're old enough to get out of my house, go get your house, and then take care of yourself. So I became a lawyer for my dad and eventually became a filmmaker for myself, which is my passion. And to be very honest, Ogele is Africa. You see, um, people talk about Africa in a very negative and narrow-minded kind of approach, right? But for me, the only way to talk about Africa is to give Africans the power to define who they are. Creating Ogele as a user-generated video content sharing app is one of those decisions that I made and spoke to a few friends of mine, people who invest regularly in my other businesses, and they said to me, Osita, we have trusted you so much, but on this one, you are alone, especially when they hear that our competitor will be YouTube or Facebook. So they said to me, you are alone. But for me, I take solace in uncertainty. You know, there is this energy of uncertainty that drives you that doesn't come out of experience. It only comes out of curiosity. Why is it that no one has created a user-generated video sharing app for African content only? You find that in India, you find it in China, you find it in all these places. Listen, when most people from the West looked up to CNN as the only way of getting information, right? The Arab world felt that they weren't much represented in CNN side of things. And they came together and formed Al Jazeera. So, and I'm saying to myself, how can we keep complaining every day about Africa and not giving power to the Africans to create content that will define them? That's what Ogele is all about. So Ogele gives opportunity to every African, no matter where you are, no matter the language you speak, to create your video, share it on Ogele, at least within your community of people who talk your language. Wow, that's a really packed answer that you've given uh Osita, but and, you know when I think about you know the what what really drove you you know and the fact that you've taken this path you know I mean that I think that's a podcast we need to have another day to talk about the choices we've had to make because you just told a story that's similar to mine that why I ended up as an accountant but I ordered to be a professional footballer so it's and then looking at the what you've talked about in terms of you know telling the African story and I like what you said about YouTube as well. But for me, I'll just ask the question that, you know, now you've mentioned YouTube, why should a content creator or a consumer decide to use your platform over YouTube? You've talked about the African sentiment, but as Africans, we're also using YouTube as Africans. So what's the differentiator? 
why should I consider Ogele over YouTube or any other platform? So Ogele is African. You see, for content creators, right, for you to first monetize your content on YouTube, you have to have 1,000 hours of 1,000 subscribers and about 4,000 hours of watch time. This makes it very difficult for most content creators in Africa to be able to monetize their content because you are talking about 1,000 subscribers. How long is it going to take you to get 1,000 subscribers and maybe get a 4,000 hours of watch time? But So the entry barrier is actually high and it is disadvantageous to Africans because, of course, you have to have the data, you have to have the infrastructure for you to be constantly creating content for you to get to those thresholds. But on Ogele, you create your content today, you put it on Ogele today, you, once you meet the threshold, you monetize your content same day, right? So once you get to that threshold, right, you monetize your con- content on that day, right? And then again, uh, if you are an African content creator, you have that community of you know, people looking for that content. It is a lot easier for them to see your content. You're not throwing your content into a platform where it is swallowed by other content coming from all over the world. So you putting in your content in a platform that is for African content only. Uh, and, and then again, it, it's the language is also an advantage. So on Ogele, we have what we call community uh, uh categories, right? So if you speak in Swahili and you are in Tanzania, you create your content in Tanzania in Swahili and you put it on the Swahili category on Ogele. So that means people who speak Swahili come to Ogele, they easily find your content. So Ogele gives African content creators more visibility and gives them opportunity to reach a wider audience. Really, really, really great answer. And, um, you know, I really like, you know, what you've talked about in terms of being able to make it white and being able to also have people with a lower threshold come in to create content and monetize their content, right? However, you know, I mean, I ask myself the question, you're not a charitable organization. That means you also have to make money to be able to then help the content creators monetize their content. So I'm going to ask you two questions in one. One, what is your business model in terms of source of revenue, right? How how do you make money as Ogele, right? And then how does that translate to the users? And then the second one is also, what are other um, models that you're also considering in terms of trying to grow your business, right? And then I think you also had mentioned thresholds. So it will be also great for uh listeners to understand the threshold which you have to meet to be able to start monetizing your content on Ogele. Um thank you very much Joker. Um the threshold is a thousand views. So when you create a content and put it on Ogele as low as a thousand views which you can get in hours you start to monetize that content. But the content has to be original. It has to be your content. So you're not going to go, you know, take uh, Davido's content and throw it up on Ogele and expect that it will be um, uh, monetized. No, 
but it has to be original content that belongs to you. And then, of course, from a thousand views and upwards, you begin to monetize your content. And then for us, um, yes, there are several revenue streams on our platform. And of course, you know, we, 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 we thrive ourselves in the, uh, understanding of the market, the African market. So we, we're doing a lot of production for big corporations who want to have their brand seen. So we create a lot of brand awareness. We have some dedicated challenges that we do. So for the sake of this conversation, let's say Coca-Cola launches a new product, right? So they can contract Ogele and then we organize a special challenge. So have you seen that brand? Have you used it before? If you've used it, what do you think about it? So you create a video around that um, um, that uh, creation from Coca-Cola, right? So you create a video around it, create a channel on Ogele, post it. At the end of every month, the video with the highest view makes money from Coca-Cola through us. So we create challenges for brands who want to get their product out there. And then, of course, that's also another revenue model. And the, the ads on the platform, that's a revenue model. And then again, by the last quarter of this year, we'll be launching the Ogele Premium. So Ogele is actually a UGC and an S-Void platform in one. It's a dual technology. So when you log on to www.ogele.com or you download our app and you click on it, right, that landing page is the UGC. On the left side of it, if you click on Premium, the entire platform becomes an S-Void. For you to watch any of those premium videos, you have to be a subscriber to watch them. So that's also a revenue model for us. I mean, thank you for that feedback. In fact, you've actually, you know, answered one of my questions around whether, you know, you're also going to have some kind of video on demand type um, operation because it looks to me that there's UGC and also video on demand. Now, just to kind of shift gears a little bit, right? I'm not looking at, you know, globalization and the fact that Ogele, you've talked about it as a strictly African platform. Now, how do we then start looking at Ogele from a globalization standpoint where we're taking Africa to the world and bringing the world to Africa? You know, that's kind of the first part. And then the second part would then be, you know, what do you consider as African content? Because, you know, that's for, for me, is it content about Africa or content I create in Africa? So can you kind of speak to those two comments? Um, thank you very much. You see, um, globalization is the strength of Ogele. You see, when we talk about globalization, sometimes people look at globalization only on the economic side of things. But when you talk about globalization and looking at it holistically, you will talk about the economic globalization, you talk about political globalization, and you talk about culture. So the cultural globalization is that that has awoken a lot of questions because it has, has to do with people and information. And you can now talk about people and information when the people don't have the power themselves to create that information that concerns them. You see, Allen Ginsberg says that whoever controls the images and the people control the culture. So now globalization has helped a platform like ours, Ogele, to 
see how people react to talk about people, black people, Africans in America, in the diaspora, who are now reaching out to a platform like ours to post their content, create a content in America and post it on Ogele talking to the African market. So the globalization has worked in a way that we have, as at today, we have nearly 173,000 users on our platform from Russia. These people are looking for African content. So for us, globalization is the strength of our platform because it has got people talking about the culture of globalization, which is an aspect that we look into and say, hey, listen, we now understand that video is a very powerful tool for people to share information. And we want Africans, no matter where they are in the world, to be able to now define who they are using, of course, the globalization or globalized uh, uh, means of communication, which has made us all a one unit. I mean, thank you for that brilliant feedback. I really, you know, I really think that you should stop looking at me because I think you're beginning to read my mind. So, because the next question I had was something to do with merchandising and globalization, right? If you look at trade and investment, for instance, and how, you know, other platforms have driven, you know, an increase in trade and investment across the world. Like, I'll give you an example for um, Squid Game, for instance, you know, Netflix. You know, there's this 170% jump in the search for red jumpsuits. You know, everybody, or oh, red track suits, right? Everybody wanted to do a Squid Game copy and they actually, you know, everybody wanted to go and buy that piece of merchandising, right? Now, if you look at that, you know, from the perspective of Ogele as an African platform, you know, we talk about the African Continental Free, uh, free Trade Agreement and the fact that we are trying to drive, you know, trade across Africa. What role do you see Ogele playing in driving trade and investment across Africa. Um, so thank you very much on that. So you said, what role do I see Ogele? So I would like to put it this way. What role is Ogele playing already in promoting trade and investment? Because I can tell you categorically that some content creators who have say makeup brands who have clothing lines are using our platform to reach a very huge audience. In fact, three very top um, creative designers who make clothes are reaching the diaspora market via our platform in a way that they come back to us to say, hey, listen, can you please make our make our put vid our videos on your suggested category so people can see those videos more? People who make localized skin product for black people are putting those content on our platform to promote their trade. And beyond that, countries are also talking to us to use our platform to promote tourism. In fact, if not for this uh, um, Omicron, the variant of um, um, COVID-19, we were supposed to have partnered with the uh, government of Benin Republic to host this year's um, Voodoo Festival, 
Voodoo Festival is one of the best ten festivals in Africa. Talks got to an advanced stage before the Omicron uh, virus. So countries are using our platform now. Investment promotion agencies of various countries are using our platform to promote tourism. So we are already deep into promoting trade and investment in Africa. Brilliant. Please, I'd love to go for the Voodoo Festival. So whenever that comes up, I would really love you to just you know, send me an invite and I, I'm going to hold you to that. Fantastic. Fantastic. We'll do that. Yeah, because I'm thinking you're beginning to use some of those voodoos by anticipating my questions. Um, so, and thanks for that. And just to kind of also switch gears again, you know, trying to look at emerging technologies. You recently co-hosted a live event on decentralized finance as a pathway to growth for Africa and cited that Africa cannot continue to play catch up on blockchain technology. Now, considering how content creators globally are beginning to make money off blockchain-based NFTs, is there a likelihood that you'll expand into this space or adopt any other blockchain-based technology processes on Ogele? Yes, so most most definitely, uh, NFT is what we support. We will most definitely um, encourage content creators to use that because it will fight piracy. It will give them strong ownership of their property, of their content. And for blockchain, of course, Africa can't afford to play catch up because that is the future of the world. That's where the world is going to. And for us, by the last quarter of this year, we are incorporating a payment mechanism where people can pay for our premium content and our educational content using any of the cryptos. Of course, once you have the wallet, then you can swap and then make payment on our platform. Yeah, and thanks. Thanks for that. And um, just another you know, question around this emerging technology, because I see this really as you know, where the next level for a platform like yours, you know. And, you know, if I think about the fact that the UGC space is further disrupted with increased interest in, you know, virtual, augmented, and extended reality, if you think about the fact that we have over 200 million users engaging in augmented reality content every day on Snapchat and 600 million doing the same every month on Facebook and Instagram, for me, there's a clear desire for these technologies. So looking at Ogele, for instance, do you see any use case for virtual augmented reality in your own operations? And are there other, meta- other emerging technologies on your radar? Um, so on our radar, uh, I, I'm not going to discuss that because there are. And of course, that will be business secret. But on virtual uh, reality, we are not going into that yet. I thought we were friends now, no, Sita. You know, you can, you can talk to me. It's just between friends. Yeah, of course, I can talk to you, but you know that you guys, are, you guys are also in the business of making money, and I don't know who your next guest will be, and I don't know who the listeners are. So let's just leave that and continue with the question. On AR, yes, we are deep in it. But on virtual VR, no, not now. You see, the problem is these things are readily available, right? And when you look at the numbers, the numbers are huge. But you begin to ask yourself, coming from an African point of view, there are some issues that inhibit users going into VR because VR is on another level. 
But on AR, people who have smartphones can get engaged on it and they are actually getting engaged on our platform. Thank you. Hmm. Okay, Rita. Vote Osita for president because definitely this is a clear political answer. <laughs> but I do understand, you know, the point you've made about AR. But, um, you know, we'll watch this space for what you're looking to do in VR as well. But, you know, just taking another view because I like what you said about the whole thing about VR being on another level. But if I kind of take a step back and say, even with all the smartphones we have and everything, you know, internet penetration is also a big issue and the cost of, you know, data, if I want to use it in a common parlance, right? So how are you also going to overcome that challenge to be able to put Ogele on every smartphone in Africa? It will not be difficult because we have started actually this conversation. We are talking to two phone manufacturers now who want to have Ogele app pre-installed on their phones. So you will be surprised, of course, that in the next six, seven months, we will make that big announcement. I mean, it will not surprise our users to hear that announcement because they know we are committed to making Ogele the mirror with which the world see Africa. And for us to do that, we have to make sure that manufacturers of smartphones understand the numbers that we command and see the need to have Ogele pre-installed on their phones if they really want to sell those phones in Africa. And on the issue of data, we are looking at developing a, a new technology. In, in fact, it's not new, so to say, but it's a technology that we are putting on Ogele that will help people even on 2G, even on 2G, watch videos with less data. So that is a, that is a way we think we will help our users in, of course, maximizing their data. So even if you have a 2G kind of internet access, you will be able to watch content on Ogele. Great. And if you tell me that technology you're trying to develop, you'll probably have to kill me and everybody recording in this studio. No, of course, you are an accountant. I'm a lawyer, so you know I will not tell you. <laughs> Osita, this is our friendship. Osita, this is our friendship. I don't know if you will survive this interview. Clearly, there's a... But hey, just, you know, there was one thing that I, you know, when I went to the platform and I, I was looking through the platform and one of the things I saw was some educational content, you know, for, you know, people in GSS and SSS as well. So just looking at that and, you know, thinking about your vision for the platform, right? We noticed this inclination, even from what you've said, you know, in your opening statements, you know, an inclination towards youth and education. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that vision and, you know, how, you know, what you're looking at is going to help drive, you know, youth engagement and also education, taking education to, you know, as many people as possible, because I can see that that seems to be one of the things that you're driving with the platform. And, and yes, you see, next month, I think about the first week of May, we will be launching Education Without Walls. Education Without Walls will come under Ogele e-learning. 
and it's going to focus on STEM. And on STEM, our focus again will be post-primary education, you know, so the year one to year six. We, we see that Africa cannot develop if we don't rethink post-primary education. And rethinking post-primary education is there must be a shift towards science and technology. Uh, everybody considers Africa as the youngest continent in the world, right? And most people say from projection that by 2030, Africa will have nearly 1 billion people under the age of 25. If we have 1 billion people under the age of 25 and we are able to train just 10% of that 1 billion people on STEM, that means we're going to have 100 million people who understand science and technology. And when you now say that the world is moving to a 5G, are we not talking with 2G? We are talking with 2G, we are talking with 3G, we are talking with 4G and 4G Lite. What's 5G for? 5G is to ensure seamless streaming. Streaming of what? Content. Content created by who? Content created by the West or content created by Africans. If these are content created by Africans, what equipment are they using? So you see that we must rethink secondary education system in Africa and it is time for us to move into science and technology. So what we are launching on Ogele, Education Without Wars, is dedicated to STEM learning in Africa because we know we have the numbers, the youth, and it is time that we educate them in this direction. Fantastic. That's a, that's a really, you know, great aspiration. And with all the things we heard, you know, I wish you the best in that regard as well. So let me change direction now. You know, what team do you support? Do you watch sports? Oh, yes, I do. And any particular sports? What, you have, what, what do you watch typically? Um, soccer, football. Soccer. You know that he's an American person with the soccer, you know, so what team do you support? Chelsea. I come from a family of four. My dad went to school in England. He's a Chelsea supporter and I have two other brothers. Three of us are all Chelsea fans. You see, like I said, you're no longer my friend. You support Chelsea. You know, the interesting thing is that my team is, as I supported a team called Spartans, which later became Wyoming National, which later became, which is presently called Heartland FC. So I'm more African than you are. You Chelsea lover, Chelsea supporter. You got me. You, you really, really got me. Okay, I support Rangers. <laughs> I have changed. <laughs> so to the listeners, this friendship is officially over. <laughs> this friendship is officially over because he's a Chelsea supporter. I don't want to say certain things here, you know, but um, clearly this, this, this friendship is over. Um... So let's talk about predictions. So what was the last prediction you got wrong? That Russia will invade Ukraine. I didn't, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I was hoping you'd say it was a prediction about Chelsea that you got wrong. <laughs> you know, and um, I guess the other question is, you know, tell me one view you seem to find very few people agree on. So uh, um, I believe that decentralized finance will unite the world. I believe that in the next maybe five, six years, 75% of the traditional banks will go. 
and most people look at only about the risk factor and in fact people from the public and private sectors consider the risk factor in decentralized finance but i see beyond the risk factor and i think that decentralized finance will unite the world great and um let's let's go a bit lighter that was the that was quite heavy decentralized finance you know i'm listening to a lawyer turned uh, content creator, you know, now I'm talking about decentralized finance with such passion and talking about education and, you know, globalization. You know, is there any fun part to you at all? Is there really any fun part? Is there any part of you, you that I can like right now? So can you go a bit lighter and tell us a little bit about what you do for fun when you're not conquering the world? Um... I hope my daughter is not going to um, <laughs> hear this, but to be very honest, right now, it's all about work. It's all about work. We, we are on a mission. We are on a mission to create that platform where every African will have the opportunity to create a narrative that suits them. And until we get there, there is no fun part to this man. But Chelsea, yes. You know... You walked right into my trap because you mentioned your daughter. That means you're going to be raising a millennial and you're going to have to answer this question. So how do you raise a millennial generation in the crisis mode that we are in now? And I hope your daughter is listening. So be careful. So at this point, I think it's all about communication. I think it's all about constant communication because the information is readily available everywhere. They have all these things looking at them. You know, even when you say you uh, you have parental control over some equipment, but when they go to school, what of what their friends bring when they go out, when they go on drink or what? So you really, really have to have a relationship beyond father, mother, father, son, father, daughter kind of relationship and make that relationship fun when they will be able, your kids will be able to talk to you no matter what the situation on it and then at that point they will be able when you are friends they will tell you everything i think the key thing for me is making friends with my girls that was a that was a good answer that was a very good answer your daughter will be proud of that answer but thinking about what you just said now and the fact that you own a platform now as africans we have a very strict moral code and um, we're very particular about what we watch, you know, and um, what we see out there. So, Inogele, do you have, you know, any type of filters that ensure that the kind of content you put there is the kind of content that is appropriate for viewers and not where you then have to start putting in content that may not necessarily, you know, show Africans for who we truly are? which is we're very proud people. We have, you know, some of the youngest, um, you know, population out there who are actually doing great things. So what kind of, you know, protections do you have on Ogilvy as a platform to ensure that the content that you put out there is appropriate? Yeah, so that, that actually was a concern with Apple before we were licensed to run as a user-generated platform, first of its kind coming out of Africa. Their concern was, how are you going to safeguard 
the content and what people put on your platform. So we have this AI in installed, of course, pre-installed on our back end that captures some words that are inappropriate. So we have over a thousand keywords that once you use them during upload, those videos will not show on our platform. And beside that, we have six other people with two supervisors who work eight hours a day from different time zones crawling through the site. So we have the AI in motion and we still have physical people who go through our platform to make sure that whichever content that misses or the AI misses, in, sometimes people throw up porn on our platform and don't use the word sex or any of those kind of words that are prohibited from coming on our platform. So we have these people who say what your mama gave you. And what your mama gave you, mama is allowed, gave you is allowed, and boom, that video is on our platform. And then people who crawl the back end will bring it down immediately. So our platform is safe, it's secure, it's built for Africans, and we have very high moral standard, and we try to uphold that on our platform. This has been, and thank you for that answer, you know, and that's, I think, you know, that also gives a level of comfort to the people listening as well. So for me, I think this has been a really brilliant interaction and I think I've learned quite a lot, you know, about you and your platform as well. And I don't know if you have any closing thoughts or closing remarks which you'd like to make before we close out this podcast. Yes, so I'm going to make appeal to all the listeners and everyone out there to embrace our platform Ogele. There is an African adage that says if the lion fails to tell their story or his story, the story will always glorify the hunter. We can't sit down and sit back and say, Africa, when you analyze one million tweets, half of it is talking about the negative part of Africa. We can't sit back and keep receiving. We have to come out now that the world is globalized. We have to come out and use our equipment, use our videos to create and share them on Ogele to tell the world the kind of Africans that we are in. Share those videos that define us, videos that talk about us and you see for 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 us it's about yes ogele is a business venture right but beside being a business or venture it's about the core preservation of who we are as africans so this platform ogele is african is my core slogan that ogele is african so we appeal to africans no matter where you are no matter the language you speak africans in africa and africans in the diaspora meanwhile maybe i didn't tell you that out of the first 10 countries in the world that use our platform the united states united kingdom canada ireland and sometimes Belgium come among the first 10 consistently for two years. So which means Africans in diaspora are also on our platform believing that this is where they belong. So our appeal is wherever you are as an African, Ogele is your platform. It's www.ogele.com. Ogele is double L-O-G-E-L-L-E. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you very much. Brilliant answer to the question. I'm sure your daughter is going to be proud watching this and seeing how her father is responding to the questions. And interestingly, that was a question that our previous guest on this podcast had put out there 
for our next guest to answer. And now I'm going to also give you an opportunity to also do the same thing. You know, when we think about disruption, right? And what perspective would you like to get from our next interviewee? So you have an opportunity to now ask a question which our next guest will answer. So my, my question for your next guest will be, um, will your guest think that intra-African thread will be a success? So I'm saying, is intra-African thread going to be a success with the present regional blocks in Africa? So what I mean is, we have ECOWAS, you know, for, for West Africa. We have SADC, the Southern African Development Commission, right? And these are regional blocks. With these regional blocks, visa restrictions, travel bans here and there, currency, different, you know, currency exchanges. So how will intra-African trade work or succeed with these regional blocks? Okay, well noted. I'm Probably, I hope someone is typing and writing it down because Michael has been laughing his head off in the background. But uh, great, great, great question and great perspectives, um, Osita. I must say it's been an absolute pleasure interacting with you over the past uh, 40 minutes or so. We've gained a lot of perspective about you as an individual, a lot of perspective about your platform, Ugele, and uh, we wish you all the best as you continue on this your journey we will be also watching keenly you know to see how you continue to um grow as a business and as a platform and hopefully when you hit that 100 million subscriber you know base we'll come back here and you'll tell us how this journey went so thank you very much for your time and for those of you listening um Thank you very much for your time listening to Osita and myself, you know, engage for the past 40 minutes. We do hope um, you have gotten a bit of value from what we have been talking about for the past 40 minutes or so. And we encourage you to, you know, engage with, uh, with us on our various social media handles. The podcast will also be out there, the recording. And there are also previous recordings out there that you can also engage with. So we hope you can look at the previous, uh, you'll, you'll also look at the previous uh, podcast we have. I mean, there are a number of them and um, the, the, the links will also be shared as well. Uh, so once again, this has been our experience pod series and uh, we look forward to engaging with you on our next podcast. Thank you very much and do enjoy the rest of your day. Mm-hmm.